Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. Hey, Chris. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Staying cool, right? Uh, Lucky you, because most of us are not. I know. It's such an American thing, too, to talk about the weather. But yeah, it, it, definitely in this instance, it's it's been warm. You know, things are heating up in the summer. But today, we're going to focus on a nutrient, right? Vitamin E? Get people yes. excited about vitamin E. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, we're like drilling down real deep. Sometimes I think maybe we're a little ADD in our podcast choices because we're like big picture, super, super focused, but mm-hmm. whatever. It keeps life interesting and super focused is what we're going to do today. Right. And I think why this nutrient of all the ones that we're going to cover, we're really focusing on vitamin E and we're going to get the listeners excited about it because it is such a critical nutrient that has such an impact on a horse's physiology and performance, right? Oh, absolutely. And really the reason why vitamin E today, one, it's an essential nutrient. I think it's one that there's a pretty high level of awareness amongst horse owners. I definitely get questions about it. I have a lot of people tell me they're adding supplemental vitamin E. There are some misconceptions around vitamin E as well, so we'll address some of those. And then really the the big picture reason why vitamin E today is that we just announced some formula improvements in the tribute line. And one of the things that we did was in quite a few products, we increased the level of vitamin E. So in the newer products that have been launched in the last couple of years, we had already been using a higher level than we had traditionally. And I thought, you know, it's time to kind of bring them all up to that level. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to highlight that improvement and also just talk about why we care about vitamin E in the first place. Why is that the thing that Tribute decided to improve upon? Right. I mean, I have all the different vitamins and I think that to, to, to kind of start this discussion off, it's always good to talk physiology and, and why vitamin E is important. So in the horse, what is it really doing to them? How does it help them day to day? So vitamin E is one of a number of antioxidants. And this is a little bit of a dense topic, so try to stay with me here. In the body, you have what are called reactive oxygen species or free radicals. These are unstable molecules that the body produces. It's a totally normal reaction. So they produce them as a function of metabolism, so breaking down food, exercise, also things like outside stressors, inflammation. All of these things create these reactive oxygen species. An antioxidant's job is to counteract them. So basically antioxidants stabilize those reactive oxygen species so they don't have detrimental impacts in the body. And it's when you get that antioxidant to reactive oxygen species balance out of whack that we can see some problems. Now, vitamin E is just one of them, you know, selenium, vitamin C, vitamin A, um, your trace minerals like copper and zinc work as part of another antioxidant. So even though we're talking about vitamin E today, I do want to preface and say it's not the only one to get zeroed in on. There's been a lot of research around oxidative stress in humans. It's been linked to things like heart disease, arthritis, immune deficiency, 
even the process of aging is actually linked to reactive oxygen species. So antioxidants are kind of a large area of focus in human health. And we're certainly learning more and more about how they play a role in horse health as well. You're right. Antioxidants are a, a, a major focus. And I remember going back into grad school and research and, and looking at this, you know, why diet is important, especially with antioxidants. How could this affect performance of the horse? You know, you talked about aging and, and some of this other importance of protecting, you know, nerves, muscles, things like that. But how could it affect, I guess, overall performance of the horse? Yeah. So when we think about vitamin E in the horse, it has, you know, the big job is antioxidants. So part of it is going to be supporting neuromuscular health. So we can talk about kind of some of the things that go wrong with vitamin E deficiencies are very much related to that. But if you talk about like a subclinical deficiency, you might have things like muscle soreness or poor recovery from work are linked to kind of a low-grade vitamin E deficiency. Part of what vitamin E does is as an antioxidant, its very specific role is to stop the chain of lipid peroxidation. So lipids are actually building blocks of fat and they're incorporated in cell membranes. So if you have those reactive oxygen species attacking the cell membranes, you have cell death. They basically just fall apart. So if you don't have that good cellular turnover, you're not going to get things like robust recovery from exercise. Right. I remember just going back to some of our reproductive studies and looking at it in stallions and, and mares and that, you know, there was some links with vitamin E and improved stallion fertility, if I remember the study right. But yeah, it definitely is important. So having established that, you know, vitamin E is, is important to, to, to horse performance and health, where in the diet do horses normally get this? So vitamin E in the natural diet of the horse is only really available in any quantity when they're consuming fresh grass. So, you know, depending on the quality of grass, how much they're eating, all of that, you could potentially meet a horse's vitamin E needs with just grass. A lot of times, even though the hardworking horse wouldn't get enough from fresh grass. However, a lot of us don't have the luxury of feeding fresh grass for the majority of the year. And in the case of hay, as soon as you cut that grass to make harvested forage, the vitamin E breaks down really, really quickly. So essentially, we give cut forages like hay a zero value for vitamin E. So if a horse doesn't ever have access to turnout in any great quantity, you can absolutely create a vitamin E deficiency if you're not making sure you add that back to the diet. I think that's an important point to make. So for our horses that are being fed just hay, they really are a deficiency with vitamin E. So hay quality wouldn't even matter, right? Correct. No matter how great your hay is, and if your horse otherwise is maintaining its weight and looks good, over time, your horse's vitamin E status would slowly be depleted because they're just simply not going to get it from hay. Now, with that being said, if the horse is at a vitamin E deficiency, what are some of the things that we may see manifest because of that? Sure. So the minor vitamin E deficiency would kind of cause that poor recovery from work, things like that. Long-term vitamin E deficiency can actually cause some pretty significant issues. So in the adult horse, you would have two different main disease processes. So one would be equine motor neuron disease, 
So this is where the nerves themselves are actually impacted. So they have um, neurological impacts from this. The other issue that happens in adult horses would be actually a muscular issue. So vitamin E responsive myopathy. In this case, these horses will have atrophy, loss of, which is loss of muscle mass, uh, things like poor performance, weakness, muscle twitching all over the body. This one is actually interesting because for whatever reason, these horses, they might have enough vitamin E in the diet sometimes, but they might not be moving it to their muscle tissue very efficiently. So it becomes a little bit tricky to kind of sort out some of these, but those would be two impacts in the adult horse from vitamin E deficiency. You know, you also have some issues that are caused in foals. So you have things like equine degenerative myeloencephalopathy. And that's a mouthful. (laughs) That is a lot. Um, You know, these would be caused by a vitamin E deficiency during gestation and then early in their development. This also seems to have a bit of a genetic component. It's not fully understood. So it just kind of points out how complicated all of this is. But, you know, your number one goal, of course, for a pregnant mare and then your early foals growth is make sure you're meeting their vitamin E needs to prevent that sort of thing. I got to go back. Dr. Lori Warren down in Florida, we always have debates and I think she's right. Nutrition is probably one of the most important things in horses because I'm sitting here thinking as you talk and I'm like, what about human health? And, you know, we have such a varied diet that we we do get vitamin E from many sources, but because horses are in confinement and because we feed them specific diets day in, day out, this is how these deficiencies can manifest. You know, if it's just all hay diet, wow, you're, you're missing out on some key nutrients, which is critical. Yeah, which is why we always talk about that with our easy keeper, right? That hay alone might be enough for calories, but it's never going to fill in all the gaps. And this would be one example of a gap that's not filled in. I do want to say, though, that doesn't mean you should just go supplement vitamin E. They're missing all sorts of other things, too. But this is one that I think there's a lot of awareness around. And I mean, along those lines, the NRC has developed find, you know, your minimum requirements. So, you know, if you looked at the 1100 pound horse, a horse at maintenance needs 500 IUs per day, a horse in light work, 800 horse in heavy work, a thousand IUs per day. You know, I would say anecdotally, um, and even there's a little bit of research that says this is probably on the low end. So when I'm formulating, even for a horse at maintenance, I'm definitely going above that. But, you know, we do have some bare minimum thresholds there for vitamin E that provided the horse is healthy and doesn't have an underlying other neuromuscular disease or reason for more vitamin E that we should be meeting their needs, you know, with a concentrate that's correctly formulated and has the right levels of vitamin E. Well, one thing that I'm thinking in my head, too, as you were talking, you know, I hear neuromuscular, I think tying up. You know, a lot, a lot of people do. They associate vitamin E, or is this a vitamin E deficiency? Can that lead to tying up in horses? Yeah, that's a really great question. For a while, we definitely thought that could be a potential cause of tying up. There's been research that's eliminated a vitamin E deficiency specifically causing tying up, but this would be a good example of horses that sometimes need additional vitamin E in their diet because of the underlying disease process that causes them to tie up. Exactly why they need vitamin E in higher quantities, a couple different things can be going on. One, you know, they definitely have that extra stress on their system. 
increased inflammation. So we know that's one of the things that creates reactive oxygen species. Also, if they're PSSM type 1, one of the nutritional management strategies is feeding more fat. And remember, vitamin E's job is to prevent lipid peroxidation. So higher fat diets could definitely require more vitamin E. And that's something as a nutritionist I definitely formulate towards if I'm creating a higher fat feed, my vitamin E level is consequently kept in mind to be higher as well. And that's why you went and spent years getting your education, trying to figure out all that math. Now, if I'm concerned about my vitamin E levels, how can I assess that? You know, it's tough to look at, you know, you said some of the signs of it, muscle weakness, things like that. But how could I tell if, if my either my diet's deficient in vitamin E or my horse is, is too low in vitamin E. So the good news is vitamin E is one of the few nutrients that we can accurately and easily measure in the horse. This is the exception to the rule, but vitamin E, we can actually very reliably test using a serum or plasma sample. So the, that would just draw blood from your horse and send it off to a lab and they can actually see the vitamin E level. Other nutrients, a lot of times the number in the blood doesn't necessarily represent the actual stores in the body, but vitamin E would be the exception to that, except sometimes in those vitamin E responsive myopathies, for whatever reason, um, the serum might look normal, but the tissue levels may be low. So that would be definitely a much deeper dive, something that would come up when you're having a workup for a horse who does have pretty significant issues. That wouldn't be your standard horse. But I do recommend that if we're thinking about adding extra vitamin E, go ahead and do a blood test. It's inexpensive. It's easy. It's not invasive. You're not going to create a vitamin E toxicity in a horse very easily, but why spend the money on extra supplementation that may not be needed? So if you were feeding a tribute product at at least the minimum recommended rate, unless we knew there was something else wrong with your horse, I wouldn't recommend additional vitamin E supplementation without spending the time to do that blood work first. That's great, Nicole. Now, switching gears a little bit, how do we ensure our horses are receiving enough vitamin E in the diet? Uh, one thing you mentioned, the easy keeper just feeding hay, the first thing that comes to my mind, easy, ration balancer, right? That to, to meet those nutrient requirements. But what are some other ways, especially across the different classes of horses, that owners can, can help their animals get enough vitamin E in the diet? Sure. I mean, the big thing there is following minimum recommendations in terms of the feed that you pick. So Essential K or Wholesome Blends Balancer, for example, for your average size horse who's an easy keeper at maintenance, they require 500 IUs per day, according to the NRC. Both of those products have 1,000 IUs of vitamin E. So we're already over-formulating what we know to be the basic requirement. And after that, it's really feeding at least the minimum recommended level for your horse's stage and type of work, because we've kept that in mind when we've developed the amount in the particular products. When you formulate these feeds, where are some of the sources of vitamin E that you're getting? That's a really great question because this, in terms of all of the vitamin E focus, I think is probably one of the largest focuses of horse owners. So there are two types of vitamin E. We have our natural and synthetic vitamin E. And sometimes synthetic gets a really bad rap. Um, it's less bioavailable. So the natural is definitely more bioavailable to the horse, but synthetic is still bioavailable. So 
it's not unavailable. And I think sometimes that's something that gets lost in the conversation around vitamin E. So when we're looking at our types of vitamin E, synthetic vitamin E is more stable in stored feed. So, you know, with Tribute products, we use a combination of synthetic and natural vitamin E. And the reason for that is I want that long-term stability of the synthetic vitamin E. We obviously recommend you feed your product as fast as possible, and it goes out of our warehouse really quickly. Um, Our average feed's you know, turning in the warehouse in a couple of days, but it is going to take some time to get from our manufacturing facility to your horse's bucket. So we want to make sure that vitamin E is still there, but we do know that natural is more bioavailable. So we use that as well. So we can really take advantage of the best of both worlds there. The place where natural definitely has an advantage is that it will more rapidly increase the serum vitamin E in a horse who is deficient. So if we know a horse has a specific deficiency, or for example, they have EPM, so we are intentionally feeding higher levels of vitamin E, we're absolutely going to use a natural vitamin E because we want to make sure that we're increasing those levels as quickly as possible. But synthetic vitamin E is very appropriate for maintaining vitamin E level in a horse who is receiving adequate vitamin E. So it really is kind of a discussion of exactly what we're doing, but that combination works really well because we can use bioavailability and long-term stability and get the best of both of those. That's a good explanation, Nicole. Now, any other final tips that you can give our listeners on vitamin E? So, you know, I did mention that creating a vitamin E toxicity, very difficult. So in most cases, the worst that you're doing is wasting money, which we could spend on lots of other things for our horses. But the one caution I would give is traditionally, there are a lot of vitamin E selenium combination supplements. The idea behind that is in some ways, vitamin E and selenium do work together through one of the antioxidant pathways. Vitamin E has separate jobs as well. But the problem you run into with those combination products is it's very difficult to get meaningful levels of vitamin E without providing way too much selenium with most of those supplements. And selenium is one of those nutrients where there's a very, very narrow safe range. So it's pretty easy to create a selenium toxicity in a horse. So I would recommend if you do have a horse who, you know, has a specific reason for vitamin E supplementation, you don't use a combination product. You look at just supplementing a vitamin E. That's a great tip. And I think that's actually an excellent future podcast, you know, talk about mineral toxicity because. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, We learned early on, you know, especially formulating diets. Well, I think that's it for today. I mean, I, I found it very interesting. So hopefully our listeners did, you know, looking at just a specific nutrient, but again, it, I guess it shows how all of this is just so complex. Like what goes on in your brain day in, day out with all of this? (laughs) You know, I'm very lucky that what I get to focus on is horses, just in my case, the nutrition part. But I will say part of what we're here to help with is looking at the big picture. I mean, it's definitely easy to fall into, okay, I know vitamin E is important. I have to provide it. I don't necessarily know how much or why. And sometimes we kind of lose that focus on making sure we have a balanced diet by focusing on a single nutrient. So please reach out. We're definitely always to help with an individualized nutrition plan that we can address vitamin E and the rest of the diet at the same time. Make sure we're best supporting your equine partner's health and wellness. Well, thank you for listening and thank you for 
everyone that keeps sharing the podcast and leaving comments on Facebook, on Instagram. Thank you so much. And stay tuned next week for another great episode. Thanks, Chris.